You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Can We Talk. This is uh, Eric. I'm here with Shane and Anthony. How y'all doing today? Good, good. So we're here with episode 25. Episode 25. I'm making sure you can hear. We're here with episode 25, y'all. So this... Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Please like, share, and subscribe. We're on uh, iTunes under Can We Talk. We're under SoundCloud under uh, Podcast Detroit. And we're streaming live on Facebook right now. So mm-hmm. how's everyone page. doing Facebook? <laughs> how's it going? So y'all... Current events. I'm going. Uh, let's let's save current events for the end because today we're doing a free free for all. Free for all conversation. Yeah, and I think a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about in current events is going to be talked about in this conversation. So, yeah, this is going to be uh, an interesting topic. So let's jump over to Shayna. Your hip hop circle. Um, I just uh, Migos came out, oh. and it kind of sparked an interesting conversation um, that I was having with a friend of mine. He was saying like. Like that's a it's twenty four songs, mm. oh. and he oh, the was saying, too? yes, he said it was basically I guess because it's like everything is streaming now. Okay, like artists are making their albums longer, okay, so they can get more streams. Oh, that's a nice little hustle. Yeah, I, I remember when Kid Cudi um, he dropped his uh, second to last album, I believe. No, I think it was his latest, uh, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying, mm. and. Even that in Indica, he said, you know, I make a lot of tracks because, you know, I want to give a lot of music to the fans. You know, you don't got you don't have many rap albums these days that have like, you know, a full track list. Nowadays, yeah. it's like 10 or 12. I heard that with the culture, too. People are saying like some of the songs sound alike from culture. Did you hear about that? Yeah. They pretty much use like the same like ad libs. And- well, they're like they they've always been big on the, the ad libs. Mm. What? What do you what do you think about Erica Badu's comment? I think it was taken out of context. Wait, what was the comment? Go ahead. Shane. Refre- refresh me on that one. She did an interview, and she was basically saying like she's a humanist and she could mm-hmm. see good in everyone. And then she brought up that she could see like I guess she brought up one of Hitler's good attributes that he was a good painter. And then she came back and said, "Nah, he's a, he was a terrible painter." And then I think she said, poor baby, I think he didn't have a good childhood or something like that. Something along mm. those lines. And when I heard that, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I didn't drag her myself. I was like, okay, I can see what she's saying. Right. But I don't think Hitler is the best example. Yeah, she could use anyone quote. else. I but, mean, from the, from the context, again, everyone, I think, has good within them. And I think that's what she's trying to say. Right. But that's just not someone you want to sort of highlight as that example. But. With all that being said, people kind of are, are they out they they're outraged over everything nowadays. So, it blow over. It's the um, what did Dave Chappelle call it? The that? age of the spin. Like oh, yeah, yeah, we're mad about spin. it. That's like true. we're not we're gonna find something else to be mad about next mm-hmm. week. Did y'all hear about the um, Jay Z's interview on CNN and with Donald Van Trump? Jones. Yeah, with Van Jones and then Donald Trump. Donald Trump tweeted him. Yeah. I heard about it, but I didn't. I didn't look it up. So I didn't what, watch. What yeah, I didn't watch the interview. I'm not a fan of either in, of those individuals. Mm-hmm. Not even fan. No. <laughs> Hold up. No. no, let me explain this. Oh, Wait, <laughs> why not, do I need to explain it? T- so you're not a fan of Jay Z or Van Jones. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of Jay Z or Van Jones now. But I didn't watch the interview. But Donald, I did see the tweet. Where Donald Trump responded to Jay Z, it was like somebody tell Jay Z that the Black America unemployment has fallen, yeah. you know, since I've been in office. I mean, he claps back. I just, I never wonder why he never clapped back at Eminem. Right. That was the one person I never heard Donald Trump clap back at. Because somebody he, brought that up. He doesn't cap. He doesn't clap back at at anyone who's not black. No, no, no. He does. <laughs> no, he, he, does. Does. he does. He does. I mean, but think about. It. He's pointed out. Black athletes, he's pointed Clap out. Back at Bannon. Yeah. That was his boy for a minute. But I feel like. Kathy but, Griffin? Yeah, but it's very few and far between. I think most times when he's adamant or outspoken about someone, is usually an athlete who's black or an or actor, actress, comedian. 
but he doesn't. He could have easily called out Eminem as well because Eminem's comments were more so pointed towards him than I think even Jay Z's comments. So. so culture too. Did you hear any of it? I know that's not your forte, but I did. I listened to some of it. This is journalism here. How was it? Right. I I mean I tapped my feet to a couple of songs, but I could, I didn't make it all the way through the twenty four songs. Okay. It's a lot of songs. So exercise music. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. It's only heard mixed reviews. Some people just didn't like it. They didn't. They didn't think it lived up to the first culture. But I mean, that's that's their opinion. I don't care for for me go, <laughs> honestly. I like Major Bag Alert on uh, DJ Kelly's Grateful. I think that's a nice yeah. song. It's a nice yeah. song I like by them. So let's move on to to Anthony's two cents. All right. Uh, well, first off, you know, I saw Paddington two. Let me let me backtrack from what I said last episode. It's not about immigration. I think that was another tar- I think that was another live action animated film. But uh it was pretty good, man. Okay. That bear is 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 charming. Padding- so so what was what was the premise of this one cuz I'm not going to go see it. So So Paddington uh, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. In, in the first film Paddington uh he 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 found a family, the Brown family and he mm. now he's living with them and he wants to send his aunt she lives in a place called the Retired Home for Bears. I know. Just, just go with it. Just go with it. And she wants to. He wants to send her uh, a gift to show her what it's like in London. You know mm. what it's like to live in London. And um, um, <laughs> not to give anything away, but Paddington gets framed for for stealing this thing, and he yeah. gets up going to prison. Now this is where it gets really unrealistic. <laughs> Wait, he, first is a bear in prison. That, that's. He, he, Sounds he, like he, an episode of Family Guy. He shows right. the inmates how to be gentlemen and how to uh, fall in love with marmalade. Oh my god! Now listen, I know how it sounds, <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny. You know, Hugh Grant and Brandon Gleason are in it. They're they're pretty funny too. You mm-hmm. know, me and my girlfriend, we laughed a few times, and uh, the ending is pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty heartwarming. Okay. You know, I I shed, I shed a manly tear on the inside of my cheeks. <laughs> Any, but, uh, anything else you see, you see this uh, this past week? Yeah, man, I saw a Netflix series um, from Britain called "The End of the um, The End of the Fucking World." Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like a, a new age Bonnie and Clyde. There's like it, they're high school students. One student, um, he he might be a psychopath, like, and the other student, she's like a rude and a rebel, mm-hmm. and they they run off together and. Um, it's it, it's really it really it really is a love story, but it starts off like his objective is to kill somebody. So this girl likes him, so he says, "Okay, I'm gonna kill her." And her objective mm-hmm. is to just rebel against the system and run off with a guy. Because you mm-hmm. you hear both narration, you hear his narration and her narration, and it's just interesting how things go and twist. And um, it's a nice little eight episode, uh, half an hour drama, man. Okay. It's pretty funny. I like the short ones. I like the, I can do the eight episodes. I can knock that out in a day. Yeah, I knocked it out in a day. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. What did you see, Sarah? So, I also saw End of the Fucking World. It was really good. I really liked that. Um, did so, you read the comic? No, I didn't. Comic? I didn't know it was a comic, but mm-hmm. I want to read that. Is it? Did you? Is it different? No, no. I didn't read it either. I just saw it in the credits. Like, based off the comic book, like, oh, okay. That's cool. Um, and then planet earth the second one is out on netflix i don't know if you guys like animal planet but the planet earth series my daughter is makes me cool. watch it every night planet earth it's so i watch it before bed it's soothing it she makes me watch it every oh night. my god i want to watch the one about islands yeah the cinematography oh, in that series night. is great yeah, it's oh, amazing yeah i haven't seen anything she always roots for the animals to get away yeah yeah that's all we got teacher teacher about life you know they're gonna one of them, they're gonna die. Did you see the one with the um, it's the island episode with the little lizards and the snakes. Oh, y'all, yes. She was like, we was hoping that uh, what like that one got away in the end, but he didn't. No. What, what, what did y'all see? I watched uh, Dirty Money, the mm. dirty some of the Dirty Money series on Netflix. I think it came out on Friday. It's a docu series. I love docu series. Okay, I'm a, I, I think I I'm an expert it. on dirty, dirty money now. So okay. <laughs> they had a you know episode about uh, I can't remember the name of the pharmaceutical company that basically raised their prices on the drugs. Mm-hmm. They had an episode about HSBC about how they laundered cartel money. They have a whole episode on Donald Trump. Mm. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, you should oh, definitely shoot. check that out. Let me, what did I see? So I didn't watch any television shows per se. Um, I was looking at the show. What's it's a, a TV show called The The Four. So okay, say, yeah. did y'all see that? I didn't. Want I've to. heard good things about it. I've heard like it's like the best thing competition show out right now. Yep. So it's it's 
I think produced by P Diddy, um, and it's a singing competition. BJ I mean, sort Cali of, too. Yeah, BJ Khaled. I think Megan Trainer's on there, and then some other guy. I forgot his name. He's like a producer. Um, it's pretty good. It's entertaining. So each week, four people. So it's four people who are um, who are like trying to protect their seats, and so they have other people coming in and sort of battling to take that four spot. Um, so it's an interesting take on the singing competitions that we're used to. I kind of like it. Um, it's gotten better over the past couple of weeks, and I think people are starting to really get a little cold following with it. So Yo, check it out. What happened to Megan Trainer, man? I'm she's all still, about that bass. She's like, still doing music. She just not is as she? yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had a few. She had a song that came out recently. Because hey, I, I haven't seen her in the mainstream though. I mean, yeah. that might be it. She's still good. She got a good voice. Um, but check it out if y'all. It comes on Thursdays on Fox. So definitely check that out. All right. So y'all, we got our we got our open <laughs> format talk? today. Our open talk. And so much stuff is going on, y'all. I, I don't know where to start. We can start in Mich- Michigan State. Let's start with home. Let's start with let's start with MSU. All right. So where where at? So we got the Larry Nasser situation. So Larry Nasser was given what 140 to 175 years in prison um mm-hmm. for his uh sexual assault of young gymnasts. And Just, uh, female athletes. Oh yeah, sorry, Fem- yeah, female athletes. Because he did practice, you know, at, the, at the university. Yeah, he practiced at the university uh, for twenty plus years, and so now everything came to light within the past uh, few months. And now <laughs> there was a report outside the lines about Michigan State um, basketball and football team saying that they're covering up you know, various sexual assault and sex- sexual ra- harassment incidents over, I think, the past like ten years or so. It was like sixteen incidents from the football team. Uh, allegedly there was three or four from the, the basketball team. And so Coach Tom Izzo, Coach Mark Antonio was on the hot seat for the past couple of days. You know, people were calling for him to resign. Um, we already had the president, Yolanda K. Simons, resigned. We had Mark Hollis resign. And so this brings up an issue of how did it get to this point? Like, we're all Michigan State grads. We all, we love, I, I love the university, but I had no clue what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, so it's like I said in the group chat to y'all, and we were talking about this episode. I said, you know, go green, go white, I guess. You know, right. it's kind of said, said in a reluctant fashion right now. But it's like I said, I think it's a blessing in disguise. I think this will give way for new rules to be put in place. That How long was Larry Nassar doing this again? Since like the mid-90s, on his own? Okay. So the, the basic point is that should never happen. Right. There will be new rules put in place, new leadership. You know, Lou Anna's resigning. I got a story about about my experience with MSU that relates to her. But I think this this is a blessing in disguise. It, mm. There may be some um, we may be looked down upon for a minute, but right. I, in the long run, I think we we got a rude awakening. Yeah, it's it's definitely necessary. We got we have to clean house, and I think we're taking those steps. Um, my thing about the football team and the, the basketball team, the allegations were already we. People were aware. It just wasn't out in the open like that. Um, and apparently there's a, cha- a chain of command. So when you're going through any you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment allegation, and it's within a student athlete or, or a student general, it has to go through Title IX office, then it goes to the, um, the authorities. And so I think people are saying, like, why didn't Izzo, why didn't uh, Mark D'Antonio go straight to the police? I think there's just a chain, chain of command that they got to follow. But that is, doesn't excuse the fact that you know, 16 incidents happen. And one incident happening is, is too much. Um, but it just it shows you. And this is not just the culture at Michigan State. I'm sure it happens at every single institution. Uh, but Michigan State, with the spotlight with Larry Nasser, we were a little bit more susceptible to it at this point. Um, and I think this has to come out. I don't think the, uh, <clears throat> the cover-up is uh, regulated to sexual assault. I know people who are victims of assault. By football players. Yeah. Nothing happened to the football player. They ended up staying until they left, went to another school, or just, you know, like, they never did, went to jail or mm. anything. Like, yeah, I know plenty of male victims. Yeah. So, and I know, I know one incident where an off-campus apartment was vandalized. Mm. Their neighbors called the cops. Their neighbors identified the individuals, and nothing came from mm. it. Yeah, you know, there's a <laughs> there's a frat house on campus called the Rape House. <laughs> Wait, for real? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if y'all know about it, but uh-huh. yeah, there is a fraternity house on MSU campus called the Rape House. Mm. 
You know what? This stuff is – this is a societal issue. And I think looking at it from the aspect of athletes, this happens a lot in, in high schools. Mm-hmm. You know, this stuff bleeds over from high school into college, into real life, into the workforce. We need to sort of address – and I think parents need to talk to their they, they sons in particular and say this is not right. You know, these things, you need to avoid these actions. Um, I think that we have this culture where we sort of enable a lot of our athletes. We protect them. We coddle them. Uh, we we show them. We think that they're almost like gods. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with that, they feel like they can do anything that they want. And I think this is something where you got to address that culture within just, you know, how we treat student athletes, how we treat, how we need to talk to our boys, talk to our men, um, and show them, like, you know, this is, we can't take this. We got to change it. But as far as, like, football goes, like, it's a very aggressive sport. Right. And, like, like when, like, how, how do you turn it off? Like, can you turn that off? Aggression? That aggression that you, like, in practice, because they practice quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They practice before class. People have their own vices, and whether those vices are legal or not is the question. Like, what... What 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 vices do you indulge in to channel your aggression and get rid of it for the day? That's the question because you, you're saying it is right here. You know, basketball is a sport of finesse. Right. There's aggression, but there's not much aggression. Right. It's really you know you know what it is. Football is aggression. I mean, you can even see like instances where Aaron Hernandez he was diagnosed with like a well after he died after he committed suicide they saw he had like severe CTE and they say CTE affects your your aggressive your aggression levels um right. and i think that could be happening i think kids who are starting off sports young they may be de- dealing with some mental issues from like being constantly repeatedly hit against the head and i think that definitely affects them it flips a switch in their mind and they some of them can't really control their behaviors and that's that's not saying their behaviors their actions are justified it's just saying that this is a bigger problem than i think just um a kid acting out. You know, even looking at Oscar Bate, like, you know, mm. Will Smith's concussion, you know, yeah. even that film was Oscar saying, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Yeah. He, I mean, he well, that, well, that film was saying something. You know, there is something to be said of the concussions that happened in the NFL. Right. And how about the, you know, take this shot and go back on the field. You know, we almost got this team. Right. Rah, rah, rah. The lasting effects of that are not good. Mm. I mean, and even, again, 16 incidents, that's unacceptable. But, and I'm not justifying anything, but I want to see others. I want to compare all athletic departments across all universities because we can't, we got to look at every single institution. Um, this can't just be just an MSU thing. This has to be a national NCAA thing. Uh, we need to look at, you know, how we're, how we're sort of addressing issues of sexual assault. assault. Um, any allegations, we have to definitely bring those to light across the NCAA, across all sports. Um, Michigan State, we're going to get what we deserve. And I think after, you know, they do their investigations, if they find anything, we have to have those those repercussions must follow. Um, if they do the investigations, they see the things were followed by protocol, then I think we, again, we should at least allow, uh, just allow it to play out uh, naturally. I think, especially in this time, we get so caught up on sometimes that mob mentality. We got to sometimes let it just play out, let the facts sort of come to light. Um but again, it's it's a sad case, a sad situation. But I got a question. Yeah. What 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 with, with your experiences at MSU? Because I know we're all different eras. Did, was Lou Anna K Simon in charge when y'all were there? Mm-hmm. Yep. What, what so what 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 is your what is your um, impression of her her leadership? With Luana, I feel like a lot of the issues, especially we had some racial issues on campus. She did a horrible job of addressing that. A lot of times, the students they would protest. They would um. You know, talk to the administration about what's going on, and they didn't do much. I think that for her, she doesn't really want to ruffle a lot of feathers. She just wants to sort of keep the status quo. Neutral. She's neutral about everything. A little negligent. A little negligent. She's a little late to the party when it comes to some big issues. Um, And that's sort of bitter in the butt right now. She waited to the last minute until it was absolutely necessary to address it, and then now it was too late. Did it bite her in the butt? I mean, she's getting a, she's getting a really good retirement. Uh, I, I saw that. Package. I'm like, wow. She's a, like, I think she's getting paid like two million for like the next five or six years. Something she like that. crossed all T's and dotted all I's. I would have never, ever, ever thought to negotiate free parking. I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would. Free. You get free parking for life. 
I mean, a lot of that stuff. What's your experience, Shayna, with Luana? I didn't mean to interrupt. It's basically the same uh, experience as Eric uh, stated. Like there were quite a few racial incidents while I was on, while I was on campus. Uh, they, I guess, voted to repeal like the you know using affirmative action okay. when, and during for admissions. So and I don't think she uh, she addressed that properly. Yeah. Like I don't even think she addressed it at all. Like we didn't get anything like we were still like we're dedicated to yeah. diversity anything like that. I will say this though. I will say that she did a great job of sort of putting the national spotlight on MSU athletics. But I think that's really where she that was where her passion was. I think she just wanted to prop up the, the athletic scene. Clearly. Um put a, put a lot of money into it. Yeah, she got a lot of um a lot of donors to really donate money to build Spartan Stadium, renovate that, renovate the Breslin Center. But I think her focus was more so, all right, how can we get the most donors, the most sponsors, so we can make the, the athletic department and the brand sort of shine with neglect of other areas? I understand. There was an experience when I was on MSU, and it was kind of a racially charged time. There were um, – there were you know, fake nooses being hung on doors and, you know, just uh, just just talk of different racial incidents on campus. And there was a moment where a Caucasian woman, her her computer had been stolen. And the description, you know, there were some nuances to it, but it was mostly two black guys. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, Luana uh, sent out an email uh, just addressing the incident. And again, it was neutral. It was a little negligent of the fact that Every black man who myself on campus could be a suspect right. instead of like addressing the real nuances of who stole the laptop, like 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 more nuances of the people that that's allegedly stole the laptop. And I just believe, you know, something like that. You don't want that from your campus president because mm. it doesn't really make you feel safe and it doesn't really make you trust them or trust the institution. You got, you got to also look at those positions, university presidents, provosts, vice presidents. They live in such a isolated bubble like they're they're only concerned with with so the successful um, implementation of policies, whatever it may be for the campus, they're, they're focused on so, some minute issues that sometimes they don't really take the time to look and see what's happening, like check the temperature of campus. I think that, you know, they they let other people do it, um, and that sort of makes it cases like what we see with Larry Nassar, cases like the racial incidents, it seems negligent because, again, she's not really checking in. She's not really there. Um and I think that's the universities across the board, but more so in Michigan State because, again, you see when you are, are negligent to that extent, things are happening that you may not see and it's going to be exposed. You know, that light's going to shine. Indeed. Yeah, it's, it's rough. It's an interesting time to be a Spartan fan because I'm like, I'm, it's hard. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I want to wear my gear, but I'm like, is it the right time to do that right now? Right. No, I understand. You know what, man? I think um, I think wrapping this up. I think the next topic should absolutely be Shayna. Why don't you like Van Jones? Hey, what's wrong with Van Jones? I need to know. And Jay, why don't you like Zay Z either? Like you got well. I mean, is that as important? Yeah, that's true. All right, what's wrong with Van? No, Jones? it might be important. I just like her take on things. Go ahead. I just don't. <clears throat> I just don't appreciate some of his commentary. All that crying on TV. You know, mm. Trump like. You think he a little feminine or no? I don't. Oh. And, and even if, if he was, that wouldn't be my issue with him. I just yeah. feel like you know some of his commentary. Um, it's too much. No, it's not. It's not too much. Like when he was like, "Oh yeah, Trump, he's he became president in this very moment." <laughs> like when you just crying about <laughs> right. like I don't like I don't get it. Well, don't you think that's kind of keeping a little bit of like a, a neutrality to it? Like being like, I understand. I understand his response when he first got elected saying right. his 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 election was a white lash. I agree with that quote. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that maybe him saying that, oh, he just became president in this moment? It's like, OK, finally, he's professional. Well, hmm. say that then. Well, that's what <laughs> like, that's, I think that's what he was saying. No, he's like, oh, he became president in this moment. It's just a lot of stuff that I just. I just don't. I, yeah, I just. I'm just not feeling Van Jones. I feel like Van Jones tries a little bit too hard to remain that neutral body. You know, I think. Um, and again, with the, with your example of him saying, "Oh, this is the moment where he became president." I think that he's trying to appeal to people who think that journalists, especially on CNN, are a little too left leaning. I think he's trying to give. He's trying well, to go above and beyond in some cases. It seems a little bit. And Fake. I would, and I would say counter argue that with the white lash comment. Yeah. I really think Van Jones is a black Dr. Drew. 
I think they're both people who, you know, they feel strongly about one thing right. and then they try to they they try to be neutral and then it ends up being kind of awkward when they're neutral against what they usually say. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they're very passionate, or maybe a little too passionate, but I look at them as kind of one and the same. I mean, I think that's yeah. But I mean, I would look at the same thing as any uh CNN reporter or, C- or MSNBC anchor. There's I, something about Don Lemon that makes me really squint. Like I don't know, it's something a little distrustworthy about him. I don't, I don't really. I just feel like giving your history, like your documented history of anti-black commentary, like you can't just come out now and just with your fist up without yeah. an apology. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, there's that too. Like I mean, his coverage during Ferguson was atrocious. Yeah, I, there's. Well, I, I I haven't saw that firsthand, but I'll look that up when I get home. But there's that, and there, then there was this kind of this uncomfortable moment where the Bill Cosby allegations were out, yeah. and he was speaking to a woman, and um, he said, "Okay, so you said that you know Bill Cosby um you know uh, forced oral sex on you," and I guess um some people have asked this question. I guess I have to ask this, you know, well, why didn't you bite or something <laughs> oh, like that? that? And I'm really? like, I'm like, Don, whoa, you on really? TV? Like, you know, yeah. even then, that's kind of like a uncomfortable question to pose like much. like that's like saying well why didn't you do this you know what right. i mean that's that's a that's yeah, a touchy line victim yeah victim blaming yeah you're right right i don't know i mean i don lemon i really don't watch the show so i couldn't tell you um but i think he is i think he is trying to find um that common ground and sort of fighting for more black issues but you're right he was a little bit in the early part of his careers of his career he didn't really do a good job of of being new well not neutral but Standing on the side of, you know, our cause. You know who I do like though. I like W. Uh, Kamal Bell. Oh yeah, he has good. He had a good show on CNN. I don't yeah, know if I don't it's know still there. I think the yeah. second season just ended, didn't no. it? Oh, yeah, geez. I think it's still on there. The history of the United States of America. Yeah, or that's something a good like show. The unofficial. Like I don't know, but he's a uh, he's pretty good. I like him. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. I'm telling you, I try to. I'm trying to really lower or limit the amount of news I watch because it's just. It stresses me out so much. Right. I can't do it. Well, I do like the feature on the iPhone where there's like a there's like there is a diversity of news. There's Fox mm-hmm. News, there's CNN, there's NBC, MSNBC, there's Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Where you're not just getting it from one source. I right. do like how I look how I can look at my news feature and kind of see you know. Yeah, that's. But again, you have to limit it though. You know, if it pops up every once in a while and I read it, all right, that's fine. But if I'm sitting in front of the TV 24 hours a day watching it. I could see why people are so polarized and just so just just hate each other because again it's, it's yeah Don rather oh go, well Don rather spoke out against this he says you know news shouldn't be twenty four hours a day it should you not. know when we when he was on TV he said look we prepared things we 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 were nuanced we weren't just doing it twenty four hours around right. the clock you're yeah. bound to make mistakes and you're bound to overreact and then the next minute later you say okay that was a false statement that that didn't really happen I apologize mm. you know. Yeah, but I'm I'm still surprised. You know, like, well, Van again. I like Van. Van he does a great job of, of really shining light on some topics. But I can understand where you're coming from on that one. Um, well, let's let's talk about it. Was something that happened in terms of politics that I want to touch on. Uh, I was looking. I was reading an article. I want to see if I can find it. It was an interesting. No, this is about Donald Trump's fi- feminism <laughs> feminist comment. <laughs> so I guess he did an interview with Pierce Brosnan. I think that's his name. Pierce Brosnan? Brosnan? And he said that I am not a, a, a feminist. And I was like, oh, okay, tell me something I didn't know. <laughs> we, <laughs> we all know that. Um, but why do you think there's such a negative association with feminism? I feel like people are like, oh, you know, I don't I hate that. I hate the term feminist or I hate the. Was this because the- of the right. extremists. Like the the feminists, extremists, you know, like mm. the people that wear the pussy hats. Yeah, the Andrew Dworkins. Like yeah. I even saw somebody put like they took a picture like I guess during one of the marches, like it on the path it was a Harriet Tubman statue, and they put a pussy hat on. Oh yeah, Harriet Tubman and like hashtag solidarity. Like no, don't do that to Harriet. <laughs> she's on the twenty now. Don't do that. No. Oh yeah, they but, just. Whitewashing her cause <laughs> a little bit. Uh, look, man, was this? Oh, go ahead. 
I think a lot of it's intimidation too. I think a lot of people don't really understand what feminism is because feminism is really inclusive and it includes everyone. And I think a lot of people quality because like the only feminists that ever get attention are like the crazy ones. Radical. You don't ever see like, oh, happy feminist did something good. It's always like crazy feminist did this and this and this. So I think if the media changed Mm -hmm. that people would change a little bit. See, I don't. I, well, is it the media though? Because I really think it's the public consciousness as well. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like it's, it's yeah. like it's like when you back in the day when you would describe the the Negro instead of the black man. Mm-hmm. You know, what would people see of us? You know, like mm-hmm. even going back further in the in the antebellum era, people would see us as you know slaves. You know, right. um, um, birth of a nation. They see us as monsters. You know, um, what do you call it? Ra- Foaming at the mouth. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's the public consciousness which gives the media its backbone to present things a certain way. I don't think anytime you're looking at people who are being outspoken about equality and issues of equality, the people who maintain the power in society, whether it's men, whether it's uh, well, white people, they fear that they're giving up something. So if we gain something, they're giving up something. Um, even with feminism, people think that oh, if if we give women more uh, more rights, we're, the men must be losing something. And that's such a naive, just terrible like thought process. Um, it's about ensuring that our system, which was set up on the foundations of you know life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, is equal for everyone. Like, that's it. I mean, hold up, I got something to add to this. So I I saw some article. Well, I saw one article that was a little questionable as to why. Okay, Logan got nominated for best adapted screenplay at the Oscars. Oh. Yeah. First of all, Get Out got nominated. All is w- all is well with the world. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, four nominations: best direct, di- best director, best actor, best screenplay, and best picture. Yeah, I don't think Daniel's gonna win best actor, even though he mm. was great. I mean, come on now, you're he going won't. against Denzel and Daniel Day. Yeah, he won't. You know what I'm saying? But that was great. But anyway, some people were like, "Well, Logan got nominated for best adapted screenplay. Why didn't Wonder Woman get nominated?" And here's my take on that. Look, Wonder Woman was great. Okay, yeah. it was it did what a what a origin superhero story is supposed to do. It gave you, it entertained you, didn't do nothing more, nothing less. And yeah, it was great that a female director made it and made it awesome. Right. But did it really deserve to get nominated? Logan yeah. turned Wolverine into a western. Like <laughs> yeah. that was that was that that wasn't an easy thing to do. I agree. I think that um, yes, Wonder Woman did a great job of being a, a good movie. At what it is, and it this didn't really stray far far away from what the other similar movies are. Um, but Logan did. Logan went a whole different route that really we weren't used to. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that if we're looking at best pictures, I hope Get Out wins. I really do. That was that was amazing. That was an amazing social commentary. I don't know, man. I think it's between Shape of Water, Three Billboards, or The Darkest Hour. Because you know the Oscar loves politics. Yeah. What do you What do you think, Shayna? I mean, what do you think about the whole Wonder Woman thing? I didn't see Wonder Woman. Uh, <laughs> no, it was pretty good, though. It was really good. It was one of the best DC ones out there. I didn't see Wonder Woman. I cried the entire time. I think. <laughs> oh, I ain't um, cried. The but. costume design for Wonder Woman was actually like fantastic. Yeah. See, the, costume, the costume design, design. I can see that. The set design, um, visual the, effects. Yeah, that was all really good. Yeah. It was cool because they didn't make the they didn't make all the Amazons like super sexy. Like they were strong. Right. They were warriors. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> it was really cool to have something like that. But it's like the same reason I'm saying that about Wonder Woman. Some people may say that about Get Out. Like yeah. I was talking with a friend of mine. He was like, um, he's like, yeah, I saw Get Out. I mean, uh, it was interesting. It, it took it, it took the horror route with some comedic takes. And I was like, yeah, man, uh, what would you think about the whole racial subplot of it? You know, my friend is a white guy. Yeah. He was like, um, I'd rather not have been beat over the head with it. I'm mm. like, beat over the head with it? What do you mean? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he didn't really want to debate with me. He was right. like, I'll say it's a good movie. I'll leave it at that, Anthony. But like, <laughs> we, we went back and forth a little bit. But I'm saying the same reason I'm saying this about Wonder Woman. Some people may say that about Get Out. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it was a racial horror movie. Did it deserve to get nominated? Honestly, I think so. I agree. Again, it's all about perspective. It's about what you what what lens are you looking at it from, right? And I think from us, you know, I think it really touched on a black experience in a way that hasn't been really talked about or, or showed ever. And this was like new. This is a, a really interesting, unique way of, of, of portraying that. It's sharp. It was. And I think um, again, a lot of people who may not come from our perspective may see it different differently. They may think it's it's forced. But again, that doesn't take away from the quality. I think it was a high quality movie that. Yeah, it can last a long time. Wait, hold up. Have y'all seen The Shy? 
Yes. Oh yes. Is it a good show? It it is. I mean, I like it. I think I like it. One episode was a little slow. I think the second episode was a little slower. Um, y'all y'all yeah, hesitated. So much, y'all hesitated. So much happened in the first episode. <clears throat> yeah. I did see the third episode. This fourth episode comes on tonight. Um, I it's a good show. I feel I feel like it's fashioned after The Wire. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to say it's like The Wire. I'll just mm-hmm. say it's fashioned after The Wire. And it's not as it's not really a unique storyline i Y'all think not we, really selling me man come on i mean now. it's kind of it was not played i think we we do this a lot obviously you know one situation causes a, a chain of, of reactions of course. Mm-hmm. effect and that's not really anything new i think we all know about you know the violence and the crime in chicago and that sort of just plays onto it right um it does in a way that's i mean that's a little entertaining you get to see some perspectives that you may not usually see but so yeah. so you would say the shyest to the wire what ozark is to breaking bad I haven't seen Ozark, so I couldn't really tell you. Well, Ozark, when you begin it, it's like a new Breaking Bad, but as it goes on, it becomes its own story. Yeah. Not the same thing. Maybe I'm, I've seen I've seen both. I've seen Ozark and Breaking Bad, so oh, yeah, yeah I, was, I was. That's a pretty good analogy. But the Wire was so man. The Wire was so. You can't compare. Good, it. Yeah, it's though. classic. Man. You can't compare that to I, the Wire. Look, man, I'm, I'm I'm going to my little monologue. I think The Wire, objectively, people like the subject, subjectively, people call The Sopranos the greatest drama of all time. But I think The mm-hmm. Wire trumps it just in its design. Yeah. You know, the first season is the drug war. The second season is um the union. Yeah. The third season is. um. It was one on the boat. I don't know if I, I didn't care for the boat. Season. The boat was the second the season. Second season yeah. the I, didn't care, I didn't care for the docks. I, I like the second I season. The third season was politics. The fourth yeah. season, uh, the kids. kids. Yeah. Fifth season was the media. I just think the, in its design, it was just impeccable. Like I heard the deuce is good too, created by the same guy. Mm. But yeah, but the the wire just the the, the diversity of the character, the characters. You got the yeah, you got the street dudes. You got mm-hmm. the cops. You got the politicians. You and got the, the school teachers, and then the nuance of the characters as well. Are you right. seeing the, Yeah, you know, like I think, I, I I think the wire is is that show, man. And it was at a time where. It's fairly, it was fairly new in terms of concept. It was it was a new thing that we weren't used to. I think the shy, it has its own sort of take on it, but it doesn't really go as deep. And well, so like, we're only three episodes. Uh, yeah, that's true. We three episodes. I can't. I want to. I want to. I want to hold judgment. Let me hold judgment until we get to the end of the season. But so we'll see how it goes. Um, but I feel like I can really like. I I know where the next plot is going to be. I know where where they're going with each, with each episode in the shy, and it's not something that's really. You know, out of the box or something that's unique. Okay. At least I feel. But that's just me. So what's going on with this new Gabrielle Union thing? New movie, man. I heard people watch this new trailer and people are excited. I want to see it. I'm so high. what? So I heard that. Uh, so what's the what's the basic premise? I guess her father was a, a recluse for whatever reason. Okay. She, he passes away, um, and she inherited. Like his house was basically a fortress. Like okay. you can't get in, and somehow some people get in, and she ends up outside of the house. Oh. But her children are still inside the house, so she's trying to break into the house. Oh. Black woman kicking ass. I liked it. Um, I wanted to see Proud Mary, but I saw too many negative reviews, yeah. and I kind of fell back a little bit. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't mm. know, man. I love Taraji, but it's like you got to have a good screenplay behind these movies. I wanted yeah. so bad to like. Um, when the bowl breaks, it was just so bad. <laughs> it was so yeah. bad. It was. I wanted so to like bad. it, but you know all these fatal attraction ripoffs. Like obsessed, I didn't even like obsessed. Obsessed but, you know, was terrible. I didn't see it. It was terrible. I ain't even giving my time a day. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is, this kind of makes me so. As we get to the the season, like the Oscar season and all that, I gotta hop on that too. And we're looking at diverse, you know, diverse pictures being nominated, or sometimes. You know, in the past, we're dealing with lack of representation. Um, yes. I remember someone saying, "Like, oh, this is like affirmative action. They got to listen. They got to let black people in there." Like, and I want to touch on that. Like, do you think that people is that a valid turn, a valid feeling that someone has? Like, oh, they have to let someone in, or do you think off the merit of that person, that director, that actor, that they deserved look to be there? I think it's complex. Like the Oscar so white campaign. You know, it, it, in a way it was needed and in a way there was a um, kind of an agenda behind it. I think mm-hmm. Idris Elba was great in Beast of No Nation. I think yeah. he should have mm-hmm. been nominated. Yeah. I didn't see Concussion, but I heard some people say, yeah, you know, Will was OK. Right. You know what I mean? But I, I'm so mad at, you know, Octavia Butler getting nominated. 
basically for the same role she played in The Help. Yeah, you know, she I, I saw The Shape of Water. It's a great movie, but her role is um, you know, she's a janitor, she's the main character's best friend. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, um it, it's, it's another mm-hmm and show Liz role. Oh, I, Octavia I, Spencer. I, they type I, Octavia so Spencer, hard. excuse me, not Butler. Yeah. Butler's an author. Um Octavia Spencer, you know, she's a great actress, and of course she elevated the role with her own pathos yeah. of acting. But I'm like, come on, man. Like you still nominating us for these type of roles. And uh, Yeah. I'm at oh. the <laughs> What's wrong with affirmative action? It's nothing. Well, I'm not saying nothing's wrong <laughs> but with that. I'm saying like when people bring that like kind of argument into like different industries, Hollywood is on its third generation and we were locked out for the first two. Right. I understand. There's this sense of we want to reach out. We want to we want to yeah. be diverse, man. Yeah, there's a sense. I guess society thinks that we sh- there needs to be a meritocracy in terms of you. You earn things based off your merit. Um, but. That's not taking into context the historical underrepresentation, the the barriers to access that we've had. And sometimes affirmative action does play a big role of making it as equitable as possible. Like we're not all on the same footing. Like not all black actors or actresses have the the start um, that others may have had or they might have had the resources that others may have had. So and this goes into not just acting, it goes into to college admissions, uh, education, all types of things. It's about sort of understanding the, the the barriers that exist between various uh, ethnicities races and sort of helping um get those people to that point where we can get we can leave a firm of action and just say all right we're all on equal footing now we can get just based off of merit hey man i hear you on that and i like to touch on that with the with the with the Idris Elba quote where he said you know a film like inception with leonardo dicaprio you know, could you see me in a role like that? I would love to play it, and I think I would do well. But could you see me in, in a role like that in this current Hollywood climate? Mm-hmm. He said this back when when the film was big and everything. And I think that was a quote that needed to be said. Yeah. You know, I think someone like Denzel Washington, he defies. I mean, he. I mean, he. Um, he he, he defies critique and right. um being placed in certain boxes because he's that good of an actor. Right. You know, you can see him in an accept in an exception, but then again, he is an exception to the rule. Yeah. You know what I mean. And I think to get into that point, some other black actors should be on on, on that same kind of pedestal. I think Will Mm -hmm. Smith is there a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. Idris is on his way up to that pedestal. But I think there's something to be said with that. Well, why why do we got to have one Oprah? Why we got to have one Denzel? You know what I mean? And granted, there's been a lot of mediocre um, (laughs) white actors who've gotten (laughs) Oscars. Like Casey Affleck, he shouldn't have gotten... Why did he well, he was pretty good in Manchester. It was okay, but didn't he beat out uh, Denzel for... um, Oh yeah, Denzel was fences. great in Fences. Yeah, I'm yes. like, and Casey Affleck, he had a lot, a bunch of issues in terms of sexual harassment at that time. That, that too, that didn't really come out because it was a year before. Um, but I don't think he was that great of an actor. Yes, he did a great job, but I think Denzel was kind of more deserving in that role. Uh, oh yeah, that's subjective, and I do agree with that. I mean, in Casey's defense, he 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 was pretty good, man. A man that's broken down. I think yeah. he was good in Manchester. It was kind of a slow movie, but yeah, he was, was good. But I, I hear what you're saying. I hear you. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. That's going to be a common discussion. Like people don't think that a black actor or an actor of color deserves to be in that spot because they, there's always association of that they were given it. It was handed to them. But I want to see Octavia Spencer in a Nicole Kidman, Big Little Lies type of role. Man, she's mm-hmm. typecast so hard. But I, and I think she could kill it. I really do. You know, but you know what it is. Yeah. But I think she found she found her. Well, I guess she found her niche. But unfortunately, it's the same characters. In I each mean, one. if she's, but like, what do you mean, like Nicole came in like little big like like. Well, I, I never saw like the show. strong, well, but in like. Well, a, a strong role, um, a kind of a vulnerable role. Yeah. Like I like I never saw the show, but from what I hear, Nicole Kidman, her role in that show. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, well, even Nicole Kidman or Reese Witherspoon, one of their roles in that show, you know, they're strong, but they're vulnerable. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're complex characters. Yeah. Bottom line, I want to see Octavia play a complex character. Like in The Shack, she played like the female version of God. Yeah. And that's kind of like a sentimental movie, but it was it was something different. Yeah. You know what I mean? I am happy for Mary J. Blige, though, speaking of. Oh, yeah. Actually, she did. She, MJB. She did a great job in Mudbound. Um, again, I don't know if she's going to win. Probably not. But, I'm, trying, I'm I'm going over it in my mind because I'm so happy for it, but I'm like I'm like was that Oscar worthy? I don't think so. It was a, it, was, it was a solid supporting it, uh, a su- supporting role. It's an Oscar worthy film. Yeah, oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You got to see that. Have you seen it? Oh my god, it's pretty good. 
I need to watch it. I love Jason Mitchell. He's really good on the shy. Like he's a okay, complex yeah, he's character. Yeah, he's yep. a really complex character. Yeah, he's like a guy who again, he he wants the best. He wants the best for his life, but he's constantly being pulled back. So you got to watch the shot. That's the I'm Michael. Away. That's the Michael Corleone effect, man. Yeah. I try to get out, but they pull me back in. Yeah, those are the best kind of characters. Make sure you watch the shot, though. You'll you so we can have a better discussion about that because I don't want to give too much away. But yeah, he did a great job in that movie. Um, I'm surprised he wasn't nominated though. Was he? Not for Mud. I don't think he was nominated for Mudbound. That's unfortunate. I he think he did a great job. Nominated for Straight Outta Compton. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was Easy E, right? Yeah, he did yes. Easy. Yeah, I mean, I really that film. I got a love hate thing with it, but um, I got a love hate thing with N.W.A. But I love the storyline between him and Jerry Heller. I think him and Paul Giamatti like played those roles great. Yeah. Wait, what's your your love hate <laughs> with N.W.A.? I mean, come on, man. I understand they're legends, but it's like the film were painting them as you know hellish angels, and I just mm. don't agree with that. Like you know, mm. at the end of the day, bitches and hoes was said. Yeah, bitches and hoes was the mindset. You know, I understand Hollywood. I understand. Let's let's give the legends a film. I get it, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, there is a D. Barnes incident. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and Ice Cube is who he is. They paint. I think they painted him honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, he is, you know, he went into that studio acting ignorant, you yeah. know, smashing things up because he wanted his money. They painted uh, Ice Cube as he was, complex. But I think they, they, they made Dr. Dre too much of an angel. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's it's about... Obviously, Dr. Dre had the the say of of what you know he, yeah, he had he it. That makes a good. You make a good point. Like at like, what role does storytelling or, or you know like revisionist history have mm-hmm. when it comes to abuse? Because he has a long track record yeah, of abuse of against course, women yeah. that he wasn't even in relationships with. I just wanted the same complex patrol of Ice Cube for Dr. Dre's character as well, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Mm. That's that's deep. I didn't really at, think about that. At You're least right. in Notorious, you know, in Notorious, they showed Notorious getting rough with Faith Evans and Lil' Kim. Right. You know, and and Diddy produced that movie. They showed that's Biggie true. getting rough. Yeah, there was a complex the movie was okay, but there Clearly, was a Diddy mm. produced that movie. Yeah, but there was a complex <laughs> betrayal of Biggie. But of, of course he wants his image to, to not be, you know I get it. Destroyed. I but he, I, I agree that you have to sort of be real. You gotta tell the truth. If you if you're really doing a, a biopic. And F. Gary Gray, I think he directed a few of um, N.W.A.'s videos or Dr. Dre's videos in their early career. So mm. he's attached to them, too. He was yeah. the main guy. Mm. That was a, it was a, okay. I mean, it was a decent movie. It was all right. No, it was a good movie. I just don't watch it because, you know, personal reasons like I just stated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they also came, like, in a time where they were changing the narrative of hip-hop. So I, right. I can see where you're coming from with that. Right. I think they caused the demise of hip-hop. They, that say, argument can be I'm made. Just gonna say. <laughs> they, they thought MC Hammer was Mickey Mouse rap. You know what I mean? Right. MC, that's that's fun dancing. You know. Right. Speaking of speaking of, of music, when was the ultimate demise? Not saying that it's, that it's dead. That the real rap, real hip hop is dead. Bling bling. You think so? I think that's the era we start where we really start to take a down downtrodden. I mean, NWA was pretty. De- Declining too, but yeah. there were still bars. I think with the bling bling era, you know, you weren't really saying much. Yeah, I might have to agree. <laughs> what do you think, Shayna? I don't know. Like, I really don't, because like, because you know, like some people will point to NWA, some people will point to MC Hammer. Mm-hmm. Oh, it I died guess. before it started. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Or you know, or vanilla. I like. I really can't pinpoint. I just, oh. I I just know that somewhere along the way we lost the balance. Yeah. Like my baby, she was singing Starships. You know, like you know, <laughs> yeah. she was, and and I listened to it. I said, even the clean version. Like I don't want you to mm. listen to this. Like it, like we had kid kid friendly hip hop. Right. We did that. That was good. Like I had, I had crisscross. <laughs> well, that's true. To a point, I had grills. You know that right, new right. song with Jermaine oh, yeah. Dupree, but that's still a fun song. You know, it's a fun song. Uh, you know, you had that. You had Independent with um Ali and Gip. I think their names were. Mm-hmm. You had you had fun songs like Two Step, Walk It Out. Um, yeah, I think it was the point where hip hop started to become a, a 
being played more in terms of like dance clubs. Like yeah, it was more so about being the, the catchy song with the with the sort of dance move that the accompanies it. Webby, um, independent, you know, that's a right. fun song from, a fun, a, from a guy that's usually raunchy and, you know, like, you know, hood and gangster. That was a fun song. I want to say it's like 2003. <laughs> 2003 and later. I think that's when it really, uh, really started. Because, again, you got into the, more of the songs without any real substance. It's more so about, all right, it's a catchy beat, you know, a little nice little dance hook to it. And it was less about, all right, what are we really talking about at that point? And I think I think that's where it was, you know. And Person. sometimes when you change up, you, you get criticized. Like I remember, Jeezy really tried to make a change. He really right. did not want to be the dope boy anymore. He right. came out with Church in These Streets, and everybody like, you know, Jeezy, you the dope man. What are you doing? Right. So we had to go back to it because the <laughs> fans were like so like resistant to this other Jeezy. And I do blame the fans a lot too. You know, I think the fans sort of had these expectations for these artists for them to always fit within this this narrative sort of like what you discussed and as artists it's about constantly evolving I think that's why people don't really understand Kanye West because Kanye he understands that in order to get better or in order to really fulfill his craft you have to sort of evolve and change your style and people weren't really feeling that um, and so I personally think that the fans deserve a lot of blame because we like to hear a lot of the same stuff we buy those records that all sound the same. That's why I can't tell Migos between a uh, young thug and and any of them. Man, they they sound alike. We we need to be fair towards our favorite artists and directors and actors. You know, you need to give things time. I remember when a, when an album first drops, you know, everybody's like, "Man, that was whack." They listen to it two more times. They're like, "Oh yeah, you know what? That was pretty good." Right. You you need to give things time to sink in. Everything is about the now now. Yeah, because look, think about twenty year old or twenty three, twenty four, twenty five year old Kanye. Wasn't thinking on the same level. He didn't have the same experiences as maybe a 32-year-old Kanye, yeah. just like anyone else. I think Kendrick Lamar, as he uh, gets older, as he goes through the game, he might be making some albums that we may not like because we're constantly comparing him to the good kid, Mad City, you know. Um, and that's going to be un- that's kind of unfair. It's going to be unfair at this point because, again, growth is just a part of, of life. And I think we're going to have these expectations that we can't – he's never going to live up to at some point. Final thoughts? Or what would we like, we're we everywhere this hey, It's an open topic. We we everywhere. Um I guess main I guess I don't know as far as like the different industries with the you know, sexual assault and with the NCAA and then acting and that. we have to change I guess the compu- the community of complicity mm. because these weren't all silent victims right a lot of these women told and they weren't heard because i guess they told the the first person and then that person when they related it it just went to the wrong the wrong individual and I, that needs to change yeah okay i mean in in terms of the um you know sexual harassment sexual assault i think it's important that we continue to shine light on these situations. Um, it's important for us to no longer blame the victims um, because we get so defensive. We sort of like, oh, you know, you can't you can't attack my institution. No. But these institutions are built off of, um, you know, decades of really negligence and really uh, not being supportive of of those who need uh, help, whether it's within sexual assault, whether it's, it's racial issues, racial intolerance. Um, you know, people have to speak up and continue to, to, to be heard. So I encourage people to continue to protest in, in the, at the institutions, um, you know, use your, your First Amendment rights and make that change happen. Definitely so. Hey, I, I forgot to say this earlier. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Reluctant Movie Buff. Um, like, share, and subscribe. Um, we're, we're on iTunes under Can We Talk. We're on SoundCloud under Podcast Detroit. Well, we have a Can We Talk playlist underneath there. Like, share, and subscribe. Follow us. Um, help us get more listeners. Spread the word. Yeah. Any final words for you or no? Is that uh, it? Those weren't my final right. words. <laughs> Thank you all. See you all next week. I'll see you all.